Welcome to Staying the Course. Join us as we navigate the uncompromised Word of God with Pastor Brett Peterson. Gosh, what a journey it's been so far. We're in week 10 of our 40 weeks to freedom. That's nine months to get our house in order, to get our relationship with God in a right place, and to become the men and women and young people that God's called us to be. I don't know about you, but I think we can do that if a baby can go from a developing little embryo to being birthed in nine months, I think God can do incredible things in your life, in our church, in this nation, in nine months. So we've made it to week 10, and today we've made it to Ephesians chapter 4. You can turn there. And we left off at verse 16, but we actually already covered that verse, so we're going to start at verse 17. If I were to give this message a title, it would be truth in an age of false news and conspiracy theories. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of growing weary of both the news and the conspiracy theories. I want to plant my feet solidly on what I can believe in, and folks, Jesus Christ is that rock upon which we stand. Amen? The Word of God is the truth that transcends time and culture, and knowing the Word of God and knowing the truth of God is an anchor to our soul. We don't have to be driven about by every worry and fear that society uh, is really bombarding us with today. Fake news, uh, conspiracy theories, it's really all about truth. And folks, it ends up being a battle of world views. Now, if I were to ask you what's your worldview, what would your answer be? You know, we have a lot of worldviews, humanism, secular humanism, evolutionism, socialism, communism. Is democracy a worldview? Only if the majority vote for it. <laughs> We're in a battle of worldviews, of political views, and of what's truth, what's morally right, and we need to understand something about those who are against the truth of God's Word. Have you ever watched the news and thought, why are they so angry? Why are they burning down neighborhoods and, and doing things that are so atrocious? And, and why is the world seeming to get more unloving every day? And we have divides in many areas of life. Well, our text today is going to give us one of the reasons why people are the way they are. Starting at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk. Who's the Gentiles here? Today, who would that be? Yes, so Jews were God's chosen people back then. Today, Christians have been adopted in where Abraham's descendants were heirs according to the promise. So today, God's people are the Christian church 
anyone who is not part of the Christian church today would be a Gentile. Does that make sense? So what we have is here, could we say the world? So we have two groups, Christians, those who believe in Jesus Christ, and the world, those that follow over any other philosophy, religion, worldview, or ideology. So Gentiles here would be the world. Hey, no longer walk as the world walks in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves to sensuality and for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. I know that's a horrible list. But folks, do you see it in the world today? Verse 20 says, but you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus. Folks, I believe the world today, the reason why it is the way it is, is because of this list. Let's just list it. Number one, it said the futility of their mind. Hey, they're futile in their thinking. Paul once said, if Jesus Christ is not raised from the dead, your faith is use the same Greek word, is futile, meaning it's meaningless, it's worthless. The futility of their mind. Number two, they are darkened in their understanding. Number three, I hate to say it, but they are ignorant. And by the way, ignorance is just not knowing a truth that's out there. It's actually not a negative thing. All of us are ignorant to certain things. For example, I have no idea how a jet engine works I'm ignorant when it comes to jet engines. So calling someone ignorant doesn't mean they're stupid. That's a whole different idea. (laughs) So ignorance is just someone who hasn't been educated, but they could be. Does that make sense? It's our goal to go out and preach the word and educate them. Number four, they've hardened their heart. Here's that free will idea that I don't care what the Bible says, I am going to believe what I want to believe, and I'm going to harden my heart against God and the wooing of His Holy Spirit. Number five, they become numb and callous to their sin. They're no longer convicted of sin. Folks, the Bible tells us that every person born in the world, God plants His law in their heart. In Romans chapter 2, that law is called what? conscience. Everybody is born with the law of God in their heart, and they have a conscience. The more you disobey your conscience and begin to act out and do whatever pleases yourself, the more calloused your heart becomes towards the thing of God, and pretty soon you're no longer convicted. I remember I used to walk to school in the snow for five miles. No, no, just kidding. I was in the desert. But we did get Thule fog. Sometimes they would close school because the fog was so bad. How many of you have ever been in the San Joaquin Valley in Thule fog? Okay, quite a few of you. You can't even see the front of your car. I mean, if you get caught in it, literally you have to open your door so you can see the, the street line right there. I mean, it is crazy. So anyway, I 
totally forgot what I was trying to say. Oh, yeah, here we go. So I would walk to school, and sorry, Mom and Dad, I would spend my lunch money on candy at the liquor store on the way to school. Well, I remember one time I'm, we're walking to school. I go to the liquor store. I get my Starburst. I uh, get you know, some other things so I can eat it during my classes. Otherwise, I'd just get bored during the class. And so I got my candy, and we get to school about another two miles from the store. And I put my stuff in the locker, and I reach in my pocket and get the candy out and get it ready so I could hide it from the teacher in class. But my lunch money was still there. And I remember how scared I was. Oh, my goodness, I just stole. And my conscience convicted me so bad, I ran two miles back to the liquor store to give them my lunch money and then walked back to school and got detention for being late. It was a horrible thing. But I remember as a young, innocent child, once you reach that age of accountability, your conscience, the law of God, choosing right and wrong begins to do a work in your heart. But many in the world are so callous, they no longer have a conscience. Number six, they pursue sensuality and pleasure rather than God. And number seven, they practice or live a lifestyle of every kind of impurity. And number eight, and eight is the number of completion in the Bible, they are greedy. Everything they do is self-centered, is selfish. They're doing it for themselves. Folks, if you wonder why the world is the way it is today, because many people in the world, this describes who they are. Lawlessness and brutality. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Realize this, that in the last days difficult times will come, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful and unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they've denied its power, avoid such men as these. Folks, you shouldn't be surprised the way the world is. You shouldn't be surprised that the world and society, many, are rising up against all who uphold the law, whether man's law, our police officers and law enforcement, or God's law, Christians. The world is coming against anyone who appears to uphold the law. How can they act so unreasonably? Turn to Romans chapter 1, starting at verse 16. And we're going to read verses 16 through 22. Romans chapter 1, 16 through 22. It says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also the Greek or the Gentile. For in that the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, the righteous man shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. 
because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. And in Romans chapter 2, he says how that happens. God plants his law in everyone's heart. We call it conscience, and in fact, the Bible calls it conscience. Verse 20, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. What do we call that? You know, many scientists are coming to believe in God. You, you want to know why? It's called intelligent design. They see that the universe was intelligently designed. Our DNA code is actually a programming language, and it was written by an intelligence and scientists, many are coming to know the Lord and believe in Almighty God. Verse 21, for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile, oh, there's that word again, in their speculations or thinking, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man. Does it sound like humanism? Absolutely. And of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, verse 24, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Verse 26, for this reason God gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. In the same way, the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in desire toward one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving them their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not to see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do the things which are not proper. Folks, the Bible's clear. Those that are wrapped in the worldly system eventually always get to this point, and God turns them over to a depraved mind, a calloused heart a hardened heart, darkened in their understanding. They're not even able to see the truth when it's declared plainly. Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful. Does it sound like what we read in Timothy? That's a big list. Inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. Folks, in the days that in which we live, we should shine bright the love of Jesus. Now, some of you may be thinking, what a horrible list the Bible is calling all those that practice all these worldly things. But folks, God makes a way out, and we are to love them with the love of Christ and declare to them and educate them in the precepts of God's Word. We must stand for truth. Romans chapter 1, verse 32, a little 
a few verses down. And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. You know, when you look at our world today, and we see the intentions of men's hearts, most of the time they're not very altruistic. There's a few that are. But it appears the world is getting darker, and the world is lining up with what the Bible said they would be in the days of these last days. Many in our society are applauding people for tearing down statues, for burning city blocks. But saints of God, it's not really about racism. It's not, for that matter, even right versus left. This battle has been going on since Adam and Eve in the garden, and it's a battle between truth and goodness and lawlessness and rebellion. On the one hand, the result is chaos. On the other hand, the result is life and peace. Folks, it is through faith in Jesus Christ that we appropriate the gifts and fruit of the Holy Spirit, and our hearts are filled with love even for those that are unlovable. We love them with the love of the Lord and want to shine bright the love of Jesus in order to educate them on what is truth. The world has hardened their hearts against God and truth. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting at verse 15 and going through 17, you can read that later. Indeed, to this very day when Moses is read, a veil lies over their minds. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. I want you to consider this. There is a veil, oops, <laughs> a veil over their minds. Why? Because they hardened their heart against God, and God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Thus their minds were veiled. But what does it say? But the one, according to his free will, who turns to the Lord the veil is removed. I don't know if you can remember when you gave your heart to Jesus Christ, when you became a Christian and that veil was removed and all of a sudden you saw the truth that God is real, that he created all this universe and it's irreducibly complex, that he sustains us and he loves you. And when the veil is gone, you have that born-again experience. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. The veil is removed. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Gosh, we're going to celebrate the freedom of our country next week. In the midst of doing that, there's a greater freedom than being, a Christ, uh, being an American, and that's being free from the blindness that Satan has blinded the world with and having our eyes opened. It's kind of like that movie, The Matrix. Remember when he took, what was it, the red pill, and all of a sudden his eyes were opened and he was able to see? That's when the veil is removed. Folks, once you become a true born-again believer, you've taken the pill, you drank the Kool-Aid, the veil is gone, and you can see truth. You begin to have discernment. There is no way you could ever abandon God or go back to your sins. You are born again. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. 
But we were told this would happen in the last days. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, starting at verse 1, it says this, But the Spirit explicitly says that in the last days some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. And by means of hypocrisy, of liars, they'll sear their own conscience. They're no longer able. They're callous. They harden their heart. They're turned over to a reprobate mind. Their conscience is seared as with a branding iron. Satan has been attempting to bring chaos and destroy any who stand for God and his law from the beginning. Secular humanism has now raised up a generation that is trying to destroy all that remains of our rich American Judeo-Christian nation's history. And their answer is socialism and globalism, which the Bible said in the last days, men will have in their heart to come together as one global place. And we know the Antichrist will arise in the last days and lead a global government. You'll no longer be able to buy and sell unless you pledge allegiance to that government and receive a chip. The Bible, the word is etching on your right hand or forehead. Folks, everything is developed now for that to take place. Remember, John wrote this almost 1,000, what, 800 years ago, 900 years ago? He had no concept that you could buy or sell without cash. Oh, yeah, I know. You're going to get an etching and plant it in your hand and be able to buy or sell. All of Bible prophecy is lining up. Folks, our goal ultimately with all the false news and false narratives and conspiracy theories must be simply to know the truth, love the truth, and proclaim the truth. Because the Bible says in the last days, truth will be thrown down and trump trampled upon by many. And even in the church, the false Christians will apostatize or rebel against the true faith. Folks, the Bible may hurt you with the truth, but it will never comfort you with a lie. And our society is being dumbed down and comforted with a lie with a false love that brings destruction and chaos and misery because God did not create us to live in such a way. How much more do we need to articulate truth in these last days? In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, Paul writes to us, Preach the Word, the Bible, the Word of God. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths or whatever they believe, whatever they've been taught by teachers or uh, things and societal uh, norms. Verse 5, but you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And folks, each and every one of us are commissioned by Jesus Christ to go out and make disciples, that's students of the Word of God. But Satan has blinded the eyes to the truth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, 
By the way, you ever wonder when you're witnessing to some people or trying to explain to them or show them how Bible prophecy is lining up with the global environment right now, and it's so clear, they just don't get it. It's like a veil is over their mind, and they can't understand it. So we know this. They harden their heart, and then a veil is placed over the truth. But more than that, it becomes a spiritual battle in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting at verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the Word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world. Who's the God of this world? Satan. Yeah, we live in enemy territory. God has not taken control of this world yet. He won't until the seventh trumpet in the 70th week of Daniel, that seven-year period most people call the seven-year tribulation. When the seventh trumpet is blown, what does it say in Revelation? Now the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord. Now he takes control. He comes the second coming, and he establishes his kingdom on this earth. But for now, Satan is the God of this world. That's why when Jesus was tempted by Satan, Satan showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and Satan said to Jesus, if you bow down to me, I will give you the world. You see, the God of this world, in verse 4 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, has blinded their minds of the unbelieving so they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So we have two things when we witness to people and we wonder, how can they not see? Well, number one, they've already purposed and hardened their heart against God. They became very calloused, and a veil was put over their mind because of their own calloused heart. Number two, Satan is trying to blind their minds, as we read right here. So it's a spiritual battle. Folks, that's why we need to fast and pray for our loved ones, for our friends, for our family who do not know the Lord, who are blinded. We fast that God would break through their hard heart, would turn their heart of stone, the Bible says, to a heart of flesh so that they can receive the truth and the veil can be removed and they can see the amazing truth of God's love for them and a better way to live their life. When Jesus stood before Pilate in John chapter 18, verse 37, Pilate said to them, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify of the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Remember when Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Folks, some people cannot hear the voice of God. The Holy Spirit is wooing them and drawing them. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Jesus said, I'm not willing that any perish, but that all come to repentance. But they've hardened their heart. 
Do not be surprised when you're witnessing. By the way, some people now cuss you out, spit on you, call you all kinds of names because you're a Christian. Unfortunately, they see Christians as intolerant, unloving, and judgmental. It ought not to be that way, folks. They should see us as the most loving, joyful people on the planet. We don't fear anything, not coronavirus, not death. Why? Because we know we're going to heaven when we die. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Paul said, man, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. As Christians, we should have the joy of the Lord. We know where we're going. We know God holds us. We know when we seek Him first, all our needs will be met. We know by the promise in Psalms, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, He will grant the desires of our heart. We know that we're children of God, ambassadors of His kingdom, filled with power, filled with strength, and filled with joy and peace from the Holy Spirit. We should be loving a lost world. We should be demonstrating God's love to a lost and hurting world. Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 1. We know Luke was a Gentile. What does that mean? He wasn't part of God's chosen people, the Jews. But he became a Christian, he believed, and he really researched the gospel. In Luke chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, it seemed fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it out for you in consecutive order, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the exact truth about the things which you have been taught. Hey, if there's one gospel, by the way, God inspired Luke to write this. That's why we call it the inspired word of God. So what God is telling us through Luke right here, if there's one gospel that you need to study and compare every other gospel to, it's the gospel of Luke because God had him write. He investigated everything carefully. In fact, we believe Luke was a physician. He was an educated a Gentile man and probably had a lot of prestige in the Roman Empire. But he became a Christian and he decided and employed his scientific mind and said, I need to investigate all these things and write out carefully in consecutive order what has occurred. Truth sets us free from the bondage of a lie. In John chapter 8, verse 31, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Free from what? Being blinded by the God of this world. Being blinded by a calloused, hardened heart. Being blinded by your own philosophical ideologies being blinded by the world system. It's time to stand for truth. The days of passive, pathetic, and compromised Christianity are over. We need to stand for truth. We need to proclaim and demonstrate the love of God to those, even our enemies, the Bible says. We need to love, live, and proclaim the truth because, folks, we are guardians of truth. 
it grieves me where this nation has fallen from being a once godly and Christian nation. We'll get into what the forefathers had to say when they crafted the Constitution next week. But most of them said, once the pillars of Christianity are removed from America, this democracy cannot stand. Why? We're seeing it happen before our eyes. Rather than a democracy, the whole uh, nation is turning towards socialism, potentially communism. It's amazing in Russia, they're celebrating what's happening in America. Our, 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 our society's tearing down statues and turning towards socialism, and they're erecting a, a, a statue towards Stalin, celebrating socialism, celebrating China too, celebrating what's happening in our universities and in our cities. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, Paul wrote, but in case I'm delayed, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, the church, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of truth. Folks, if there's one group of people on this world today that needs to pursue truth more than anything else, that's the church of God. That's the believers. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. John 16, 13, but when He, the Spirit of Truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own initiative, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will disclose to you what is to come. In 1 John 4, 6, it says, We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And truth sets us apart from the world system and the philosophies of the world. John 17, 15. I do not ask, this is Jesus praying to God the Father, that you take them out of the world, but you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them. Wash them. Set them apart in your truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I also send them into the world. You know, God wants everyone to know the truth. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, it says, This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. You see, if this whole world followed the precepts and the Word of God, this world would be filled with peace and joy. We would see no war. We would see no racial tensions. People wouldn't look at the color of people's skin, but we would all love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We would love those in the church as Christ loved us. In fact, this world would be marked by love, and that's what we need to do. 1 Timothy 2.5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself for a ransom for all, the testimony at the proper time. Do you want to be approved by God? Do you want to be pleasing to God? The Bible says 
if you handle the truth rightly, you will be approved by God. In fact, we read it in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Our basis for truth is the Bible. In fact, in Jude chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Contend earnestly for the faith that was once and for all handed down to the saints. We know that in 2 Timothy 3.16, Paul said, All Scripture, that includes the Old Testament, is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Folks, I believe if there's one pursuit, pursuit we need to pursue more than anything in this life, it's to know the Word of God and to practice right doctrine, to have a right theology, to know God's Word so that you can recognize falsehood. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 17, it says, Regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, wrote you, as also in all his letters, speaking in them of things in which some are hard to understand, which the untaught and the unstable distort, as they do the rest of scriptures to their own destruction. You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on guard, so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. In the days ahead, folks, our worldview based on the Word of God is being challenged by humanism, by Marxism, by socialism, by communists, by postmodernism, by existentialism, by neo-orthodoxy, by deconstructionism, by progressive theology, all of them have abandoned truth and have begun to believe a lie. We live in a society now that is throwing God out of our nation. In fact, the global society is getting and replacing God with a worship of man and animal. In fact, man is simply just an animal. Most of the Bible now, they say, is antiquated and no longer applicable. It was cultural. They wrote what they believed. It really wasn't the Word of God. And that's why the Bible says, in the last days, many will fall from truth, and they'll believe a lie. Folks, I believe that truth transcends time, culture, and societal norms. It's time for us to stand for truth. So how should we stand for truth? We don't hold up signs. We don't yell and scream. We don't go burn down things or rip down statues of uh, uh, atheists and agnostics. We don't act like children. What we do, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. Here's exactly how we correct those, how we stand for truth in these days. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. It says this, The Lord's bondservant 
must not be quarrelsome. Folks, don't argue with people. Hey, we proclaim the truth and we let the Holy Spirit do the rest. On Facebook, I get wrapped up in it. You know, someone will post something and I'll make a response. Next thing I know, I'm being attacked by 50 people. (laughs) That happened to you? They're calling me names. They're doing that. And you want to engage? Let's go. So I will go to an intelligent level and I will engage. And next thing I know, I'm angry, I'm fighting, blah, blah, blah. Hey, a servant of God is not quarrelsome. What does it say, the next phrase? But be kind to all. All means all, and that's all that all means. That means all men, even our enemies, be kind to them. What did we read a couple of weeks ago? So much as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Demonstrate God's love to all men. Able to teach or correct them. Patient when wronged. Verse 25, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition if perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, that they may come to their senses. Remember, their, their minds are darkened, they're veiled, they're hardened against God, they can't see the truth. The Holy Spirit needs to break through so they might come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. We need to study the truth. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 5, give me 30 more seconds, maybe a minute. It says, conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should respond to each person. Folks, we don't respond in anger being quarrelsome. We debate in love. We let our speech always be with grace and kindness and mercy. But folks, even when you don't know what to say, the Bible says in the last days the Holy Spirit will speak through His children. Speaking of the church in the last days, we're told this. Turn to Matthew chapter 10, verse 19. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Matthew 10, 19. You see, Jesus said in the last days, you, Christian, will be hated by all nations on account of my name. In fact, many will be arrested and killed. And Jesus said this in Matthew 10, 19. But when they hand you over, do not worry about how or what you are to say, for it will be given to you in that hour what you are to say. For it is not you who speak, verse 20, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. When does that happen? Go to the next verse. Brother will betray brother to death. His father is child. Children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all. In Matthew 24, he clarifies that by all nations because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Folks, if you're prayed up, if you're praised up, if you've studied up in the Word of God, everyone you talk to, when you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit will give you the right words to say, and it will always be seasoned with love and with grace. I pray that we would be a people that stands for truth, that rise up and proclaim the truth of the Word of God in the midst of a crooked 
and perverse generation. Come on up, worship team. While they're coming up, don't be shocked about what you see happening in the world. Remember our text going back to Ephesians 4, 17 through 21. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord, that you walk no longer as the world walks in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. They become callous. They've given themselves over to sensuality. They practice every kind of impurity, and they're greedy and selfish. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus. Ultimately, the only truth worth fighting for is the truth of the gospel. May God give you strength. May God give you wisdom. And may God use you to declare his truth and his love to a lost and hurting world. And restores my soul, satisfies my Thank you for listening to Staying the Course with Pastor Brett Peterson. If you would like a copy of this message or would like to submit a prayer request or comment, contact us at 949-888-5777 or email us at info at ccbcu.edu. God bless you as you seek and serve Him. Remember, stay the course, and we'll see you next week. I love your word. I love.